If you will this morning, turn with me to our text, which will be found in Acts chapter 8, verse 35. Acts 8, 35. And it reads this way. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Let us pray. Oh Lord, how great thou art. How faithful thou truly art. I thank thee, Lord, for bringing me and my family back to this assembly today. I thank thee, Lord, for all the many blessings you have bestowed upon us, watching over us and delivering us back here. We thank thee, Lord, that you have brought us all here this day in thy great providence. Lord, I pray that you would prepare us and make us seekers. Make us seekers of thee, Lord, of thy face. May you bless this hour now as only thou can. You open up our souls and our minds and our hearts to receive that, Lord, that only Thou hast the power to give. Life in Thy Son, the voice of Thy Son. O Lord, may Thy Spirit testify of Him this day. For truly, Lord, Thou art worthy. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I was thinking this is the first time I'm addressing everyone this year, and um, I could think of no greater text or no greater message than the one that Philip, too, preached. And um, when the Lord ordained that time, Philip opened his mouth, began at the same scripture, and preached unto him Jesus. Last week, as me and my family were away, we, we gathered last Sunday together, and as is customary, the Lord is always faithful to lay upon my heart the same scripture every, every new year, and that's Hebrews 13.8. That the Lord is and truly the Lord Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we talked about that in depth a little bit and, and, and what Christ is and how he never changes. I thought about that in light of, of what's going on in our nation. It seems like every day things are evolving and things are changing. I look at my family. I've got a family of six, various ages. I see in their life things seem to be changing. Look, in my work life, things seem to be changing all the time. Um, it just seems like things go on. Things change, things evolve, things mutate, whatever you want to say. Um, and it is a blessing and comfort to me to know that my Lord doesn't change. He is the same Lord in eternity as He was, to, as He is today. And he's the same Lord that he will be forever. And I think about the kinship that we have this morning in this hour right now. As Philip preached this Christ, the Christ of these scriptures, he preached it to one, a seeker that the Lord made ready to hear. And I pray for that this morning, that the Lord makes us all ready to hear the voice of the Spirit, to hear the voice of Christ speaking to every one of us this morning that He is our great shepherd, that He is the Lord who doesn't change, that He is the Lord who nurtures His church, who watches over His church, who provides abundantly for His church, who is always the one who goes first, who is always the one who has been through and been tempted in all ways as we are so that He can succor us. I praise His name this morning. I pray that you join me in doing the same. Um, I want to start where our text starts. 
We had already seen, if you look at verse 5, Philip had just went down to the city of Samaria, and look what he did there. He preached Christ unto them there. You'll see there's not a wavering in the message that was given to Philip, and it was always to preach Christ. And Philip, as he went to Samaria, there was a conversion there of many people, and, and he preached Christ to them, and then there was also a false conversion. And there was also that in that passage there with Simon uh, shows us... Um, it's very sober to us this morning because it shows us the depth of how far a man can go and say that they believe and yet not have a living faith and not have a saving faith. And putting that aside, uh, we come to where we're at now in verse 26 and we see how Philip is instructed and the angel of the Lord, that's one of Christ's ministering spirits. That's what we're told in the book of Hebrews that we have these ministering spirits that are among us. We have them all, we still have them today. It's Christ's messengers. Christ, the ones that Christ sends to aid his people. The ones that Christ sends to, to aid in the work of Christ. And he did this at this time. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip and said to him, Arise, or to make haste. This is a very important time, Philip. Arise, make haste, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. It seems odd to us that as he's he sent to Samaria, a populated place, now the Lord says to him, I want you to go into the desert. But it reminds me of Christ when he was going to Samaria, that it said he must needs go to Samaria. And it's no different from those who the Lord sends he sends them to those that he is ready to hear the gospel. And I say that with the most soberness and the most certainty as the scriptures are certain that the Lord prepares his people to hear the gospel. He makes them seekers. He makes them desirous. There is the desire that he puts in their soul that there's something missing and that's what you'll see in the eunuch. So as the Lord sent him to this desert place, he arose and he went, and that's Christ in him. That's where our obedience, and that's what we'll see in this passage today, is the obedience of Christ, and how blessed that gospel is to the child of God, that in his finished work, he was perfectly obedient. And that means the righteousness that we're robed in is a perfect righteousness, because it never sinned, never could sin. It always did the will of his father. He always did the will of his father. And as we see here, he arose and he went and he beheld a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure. So we see this one had a great title. He's a treasurer over this wealth of treasure that the queen of the Ethiopians, Candace, had given him. But as you see in the rest of this text, in the rest of this verse, he was on a mission. He had come to Jerusalem for to worship because he had heard, as the one who went before, he had heard that that was the place, but Christ wasn't there anymore. And he went there to Jerusalem to the place of religion, 
the Mecca of religion. And he sat there in the temple and he sat there in the synagogue. And as you'll see, he left wanting. He was not fulfilled. Religion couldn't fulfill him. And as he went there and he went there to worship, we're told he's returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Now, maybe he bought the, the scripture there or maybe he had had it. But back in that time, the scriptures weren't really together. The books were separated. So he had the book of Isaiah. And he was reading in the book of Isaiah. And we know that Isaiah is full of Christ. But the eunuch doesn't know that yet. He's sitting and he's reading and he's somewhat perplexed. He's reading and he's sitting in his chariot. And he's reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. He gives him assurance that he has a seeker, one who is desiring to hear the truth, one who has not heard the truth, one whose soul is empty after all the religion that he just sat under. He's still missing something. And the Holy Spirit tells Philip, go to him and find out and ask him this question. And so the Spirit Went, said to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran with great joy. And that's something I know that those who preach the gospel in this room, when we know that there are those that the Lord is prepared to hear the truth and he tells us and he gives us that assurance to speak the gospel, there's nothing better than a prepared soul to receive the gospel. And there's nothing worse than adamant stones to preach to. But when the Lord does his work, when he prepares the hearts of the people, there is great joy in the messenger because the messenger has got Christ to preach who is life, who is the way, who is the truth. And that is the greatest joy ever upon earth and in the heavens is to preach Christ. And so Philip ran thither to him, and he heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and he asked him the question of the hour, Understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you're beholding and what you're reading there in the book of Isaiah? And I ask myself, and I ask us all in this room today, when we look at the scriptures and we sit in front of the scriptures, do we understand what we read? And I hope that the Holy Spirit is teaching you something right now in the hour that the answer to that is only if he's willing. The religious man says, yes, I, I always understand the Bible. I always know what's in there. I can tell you what's in this book. I can tell you from the start to the finish. But the humbled seeker, the humbled one says, Lord, teach me. For as much as we know, there's even more that we don't know. He is an unsearchable treasure. His love is unsearchable. His ways are past finding out. That tells me something about all my journey here in life. 
that no matter how much he teaches me about himself, there's going to be so much I don't know because I only know in part here. I know that if the Lord revealed entire glory of himself to me, I would not be able to contain it because I have an old nature in me. But one day that won't be the case. One day as I see him face to face, I'll be able to uh, have the full glory revealed to me because I'll be readied. I'll be prepared. I won't have sin. I won't have this old nature anymore. But oh, what a blessing. What, what, a, what, a, what a powerful question. Do you understand what you read? As you're sitting there and you're, you're looking into Isaiah, do you understand what you're reading, O eunuch? Do you understand what you're reading today? And then the, 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 the testimony of one that God has humbled. The testimony of one who the Lord has readied to hear the gospel. How can I? How can I? I don't have the ability to understand it. I don't have the ability to reason what this is about. How can I accept some man should guide me? You say, well, you know, you need guidance of the Holy Spirit, which is true. But this passage, this part shows us that he is in dire need to be taught by one of the Lord's messengers. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you come to the house of God and you sit in that seat and you say, well, I know everything there is to know. I could teach the one up there preaching. I've got so much knowledge, I would say it this way. I would do it this way. But the Lord has ordained messengers to preach Him. He's picked those messengers. He's put the gospel upon their lips. And He's humbled this one to not look at himself for an answer to the scriptures, but to look and to listen to what the Lord gives Philip. How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he should come up and sit with him. How did he know? How did he know that Philip was that one to teach him? How did he know the Lord had prepared him? He had given him that kinship. He had given him that. He said, well, come up here and teach me. All Philip said to him is, do you understand what you're reading? But the Lord had humbled this soul. He had readied it. He had planted. He is ready to water. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Now that's a paraphrase. So we're going to hold our finger there. We're going to turn back over to Isaiah 53. We, we all should be familiar <clears throat> With Isaiah 53, we've heard it many times preached about it being signifying Christ and speaking of Christ to come and Christ to die and Christ what he is to his people. 
And so the passage that he lighted on as he was in Isaiah 53, but the two verses that he came was here in 7, we'll pick up in 53, 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Speaking of the death of Christ. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. Now I want you to think as I'm reading this to you, everything in this passage about Christ. Because our text today says, Then Philip opened his mouth after reading this text, and he preached to him Christ from this text. So we're going to explore what he sees in this. So what do you see in this? Do you understand it? He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. And that tells us that he laid down his life. That tells us that he, the greater love than no man has, that a man lays down his life for his friends. He was taken from prison and from judgment, which speaks that there was no justice. There was no trial. The trial was a sham to him. It was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was an injustice. We all know that. But who shall declare his generation? Who will speak this truth going forward? Who will declare that Christ died for his people? For he was cut off out of the land of the living judicially. For the transgression, and then the, the Lord tells us something in this passage. This was not in the other passage. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. That this was an ordained death. That Jesus was born to die. That he came to save his people from their sins. Now let's go back to our text. So now that we've read the actual text and we've read what the Lord, um, what Isaiah said and then what the Ethiopian said here, then we come to 34. I'm tabling the depth of that passage just a moment so we can get to 34. <laughs> And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? And right there before us, you have the tragedy of what happens when we read the word of God and we're not enlightened. When the Holy Spirit doesn't come, we're left with these Foolish questions? Does this book, book speak of me? Does this book speak of today? Does this book speak? No, it speaks of Christ. And as the eunuch heard those words, and as he's reading those words, in a very humble way, he looks to Philip and he says, is this speaking of another man? I mean, this is in the book of Isaiah, and this was many years before. I've come to the temple. I came to worship about this Messiah. This guy, he wrote many years before. Was he writing of himself or was he writing of some other man? And sometimes when we're left to ourselves, we explore those, the stupidity of those questions. Is this about someone else? Is this about this situation in life? Am I to take this scripture? Am I to apply this to this? Am I... No, this scripture speaks of Christ. And it speaks of his finished work. 
And it speaks of what he's done. Do you see the difference? Because at this moment, the eunuch doesn't see the difference. And then we come to our text. Then Philip opened his mouth. And he began at that same scripture, Isaiah 53. Probably the whole thing, but we'll just look at 7 and 8. And he began at the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. Jesus as my substitute. Jesus as our substitute. That's the first thing we see in that. He, was a, he went and he, he took my, my place. He was, his death was prepared before the foundation of the world. He came in time to die. To stand in the place of every wretched sinner that he came to die for. At that appointed time and that appointed moment, Christ came to stand in the place of every one of his elect children. To die for them. To take the wrath for sin for them. To take the penal judgment for them. To take all of the ways that we've transgressed the law and the one who was perfectly obedient stood in our place and took the penalty for all of our transgressions of the law. And he did it. He obeyed perfectly. Peter said it this way. For Christ, this is 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. That's what it means. He was a perfect substitute. He was the just one who stood in the place of the unjust. You and I, if we be in Christ. That he might bring us to God as the perfect intercessor, as the perfect mediator. Because there's one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. There is one intercessor. There is one priest. That's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what he's preaching to the eunuch. Christ is that one. Christ died. You have been ready to receive the gospel today. The Lord has humbled you to know of this man, this God-man, this one that came down, this one who left Heaven to stand in your place. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit in the resurrection, in the ascension. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is who he's preaching to the eunuch. He preached to him Jesus. He didn't preach to him doctrine. He didn't preach to him theology. He preached to him Jesus where there's only salvation. You and I need to hear that today. You and I need to hear that in the wake of what's going on in our nation, in our world, in our own souls. We need to hear that Christ stood in our place as a perfect substitute. Christ is that lamb. Christ was that lamb as a harmless sheep he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, Revelation 13, 8 tells us. And it also tells us in Revelation 5, 12, 
saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Think of what he's speaking to the eunuch. This Lord is worthy of all praise. Not some other man. Not any man. But Christ Jesus. The Lamb. The harmless Lamb. The Lamb without spot. The Lamb that could could have called 10,000 angels. But he laid down his life. He dismissed his life for his church. That's what you and I need to hear today. Because it doesn't matter what's going on out there. If the Lord has revealed to us that we're safe and in our eternal security that Christ has died for us. Because you know what that means? That we will be with Him in eternity. And the anger of man and the wickedness of man and the sin of man can't reach there. And it can't reach our soul. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who protects our soul today who fills our soul with himself. That he is the lamb. That he is the substitute. That he, that he was that harmless sheep. That he is the Lord our righteousness. He was the one that was perfectly obedient. So as we obey, we look to Christ who is our obedience. As Philip obeyed, he knows Christ in him. You say, well, Philip could have stood up and said, I don't want to go. Jonah did it. Yeah, that's our nature. Our nature is always to stand back and stay where it's safe and secure. But the Lord said to him, go. And in the Lord's obedience, he went. Paul said in Philippians 2.8, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. That tells us how far his obedience went from cradle to the grave. Always doing the will of the Father. Even the death of the cross. And in that perfect obedience and that righteousness is what the child of God is wrote in. Is what the new man of grace in our soul has upon us, in us. That's our obedience. That's what he's teaching the eunuch. That's what he's showing him in this passage. He's showing him Jesus as a complete Savior. One who saves to the uttermost. One who calls you from a foreign land. One who puts you in that place at that moment, this day, to hear Christ preached. Paul said in Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He taught him about the blood. He taught him about being under the blood. He taught him about what the blood meant. He taught him about Christ's salvation and the blood that cleansed him from all unrighteousness. That's the Jesus we need to hear today. That's the faithful Jesus that was the same yesterday, today, and next week or forever. Colossians 1.20 says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, 
By Him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. We are reconciled to the Father by Him. This is what He preached to the eunuch. That's what that passage means. That's what it says. That's what He wanted to know. Who is this one? Who does this speak of? But Philip didn't stop at who it spoke of. He spoke deeply about who he was. And I know the evidence of that because of how this ends. He preached to him Jesus. He preached to him Jesus as my, as my complete justification. He preached to him Jesus in the Song of Solomon 1.5 where it said that the church said, I am black but comely. I am black in myself. I am comely in Christ. He preached to him Jesus. What we are in Jesus. He preached to him Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. He preached to him Jesus that no man can come unto the Father but by him. He preached to him the completeness of his birth, the completeness of of his death, the completeness of his resurrection, the completeness of his ascension. He preached him the totality of Jesus. Hold your finger there and go with me over to what Paul said in Philippians 3. just want to read this. Because I do believe this testimony that Paul will write right here is the testimony of the eunuch. Now, in Philippians 3, beginning at verse 7, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung that I may win Christ. There's a comparison there. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. That's what he heard back in Jerusalem. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That's what he's hearing from Philip. That's what he's hearing from the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 10, that I may know him. Now I believe, I said, I believe this is the... the the witness of the eunuch because of where we go next. And that's why I'm reading this passage to blend in to where we're headed. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. That's what we just read in Isaiah. And he preached to him Christ and how we fellowship in those sufferings. How we fellowship in his resurrection being made conformable unto his death. Now keep that in mind as we go back to Acts 8. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water and the eunuch said, this is the first time we hear from the eunuch, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? What did he hear 
What did he know? What did he learn about baptism? About the great picture of the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, and the ascension of Christ. And faith said to the eunuch, I believe. Faith said, the Lord's faith said, I believe in this one. What hinders me to be baptized? What hinders me to make my profession today that the Lord Jesus Christ is my life? That I am dead with Him, that I live with Him, that I reign with Him. What hinders me, Philip, from making that pronouncement this day? And Philip said to him, now listen. Listen to what Philip said to him. There's no church role. There's no things, classes you got to sit in. None of that garbage. None of these things to ready yourself. Philip said, if you believe with all your heart. That's it. If you believe. If you believe in the one I just preached to you, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the totality that he was preached, do you believe him? Do you believe it was him? Do you believe it is him? Do you believe he's reigning? Do you believe he is the Lord of life? Do you believe he is the Lord of glory? Thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. What I just heard in Jerusalem was that the Messiah hadn't come. But what I've just heard from you is that the Messiah has come. And he has laid down his life for me. And that I have a new life in him. I believe. I believe he is the Son of that's what Peter said. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water. It shows us again the mode of baptism being immersion. They both went down into the water. Both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized which also shows us why we don't go around baptizing babies. Because babies don't stand up and say, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. So, well, what a sad time. The one that just preached the gospel to him is caught up and he's gone. And he went on his way rejoicing because it wasn't the messenger. It was the message. He rejoiced in the Lord and his Savior, Jesus Christ. His joy was in Christ and no man could take that from him. And the Lord had another plan for Philip. But Philip was found at Azotus, which was 30 miles away. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. And I'm willing to bet, if I was a betting man, that he preached to them Jesus. May the Lord bless that to you and I today. Dear Heavenly Father, 
preach to us, Jesus. For this I ask in Jesus' name.